Hello, everybody. Welcome to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. I am Blaine Gilmer here with Trent Smallwood, as we always are, but this time on a Wednesday night. Usually on Monday nights, we're coming to you live here on a Wednesday night talking Georgia football recruiting presented by Turner Wood and Smith Insurance in cooperation with Auto Owners Insurance. Uh, had some people this month already tell me they've switched over to Turner Wooden uh, Smith and, and auto owners. So we appreciate you guys doing that. But uh, Trent, how's, how's it going this evening, man? Going good. Going good. Just right. Get, get, get full disclosure. Trent came in like 30 seconds ago. I was like, all right, Trent, where you at, man? You go, I, I don't want to fly this thing solo again. That was, I, that was a lot of talking that night, Trent. Just on time. <laughs> I saved the old, I saved the old vocal cords. You know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, no, it, it's the dead period is over with. So that's the that's the first thing um, that that's coming up. Uh, Jed posted a note on the UGA Sports Vault earlier today that De- Demello Jones, who uh, was on the cover there for the Swain, from Swainsboro, he is playing a basketball game in Athens uh, tonight, and he's going to be you know there tomorrow visiting um visiting georgia and he's a guy uh that right off the bat trent not a bad way if you're georgia to kind of open up the the uh get back from the dead period and kind of open up visits in march yeah uh getting getting him on campus and uh and you know things are about to ramp up uh you got some big visits here in the middle of march and um just a, a bunch of guys we talked to last weekend at under armor camp this this planning to visit whether it be um, coming up in March or, you know, uh, you know, a lot of them coming to that big weekend in June. So uh, just uh, exciting times to uh, get everything back going. Absolutely. Tell it, tell us where you guys are watching from. Uh, go ahead and, uh, you know, throw in, throw a like in here. If you're in here with us already, we're getting, getting cranked up here on a Wednesday night. So I'm sure we'll have some people kind of, kind of trickle in as we go throughout here already more and more people Coming in, uh, we got uh, Cody Tony Wilson here that's asking a question about uh, Demello. There, Trent, they projecting as a wide receiver or DB. You see him do everything on the field for Swainsboro. Yeah, I mean, you you ask uh, majority of the time when you see this wide receiver or DB, you got to know who the head coach is, and it oftentimes goes to DB. So, uh, um, yeah, I think that you know he, he's being brought in as an athlete. I could they could very well see DB, um, but he is definitely electric uh, on the offensive side of the ball as well. I mean, just does so many things really well, and that that that's something that uh, that I think you you have to be attracted to if you're you know a coach on staff at Georgia, an in-state guy like that that just shows that explosiveness on both sides of the ball. You got to be excited about it, but I think he'll um, you know he'll like you said he'll probably end up on the on the defensive side of the ball as things go. Andy Stowe, as always, in here with us from Royston. Uh, Cody Tony Wilson asked or that just asked that question. He's from Forest Park in here with us. So I uh, got a lot of people in here uh, tuned in with us watching and, and uh, we appreciate you guys. Rhett Womack in here. He was the first one in here with us. So appreciate you guys. Like I said, go ahead, like, subscribe, turn on notifications if you haven't already. Um, Trent, obviously, uh, we have to touch on it you know, because it's some of the the biggest news of the day. And we had a recruiting question. We usually wait till we get to uh, questions from the from the vault and stuff like that. But Dogtail had one early that pertains to the breaking news of Jalen Carter and all that kind of stuff today. He said, how do you guys think that the Jalen news will affect recruiting? Um, 
I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? How how could that possibly come into play, uh, kind of going forward with Georgia and things like that? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't honestly see this as affecting recruiting. Um, I mean, this is just uh, you know, eight, 19, 20 year old kids making mistakes, and uh, if you look back on a bunch of mistakes that uh, I mean. You look back on even when I was in college, you know, I know I made mistakes that you look back on. You're like, dang, um, what what could have been next? So I don't I don't really think it's going to affect recruiting. This is not like a and I, and I know it's serious and and is uh, uh, you know two two lives were taken in this and and it's very uh, heartbreaking. But uh, as far as like a, the culture at Georgia, I don't think this changes anything as far as where that goes. And uh, I, don't, I don't I don't see it uh, affecting recruiting. The only thing that I think it can do, and and I mean, you hope that people wouldn't do it in, in terms of with the loss of life and stuff like that. But I'm just telling you, college football is a just a cutthroat business, you know. And uh, I mean, people may at other schools try to use it in some sort or fashion to recruit, you know, negative recruit against Georgia, like say, hey, they, you know, maybe. Maybe, you know, they're, yeah, they're winning, but do they have control of their guys and all that kind of stuff? Whether that narrative has any legs or not, that kind of thing, irrelevant. But, you know, perception becomes reality at times with some people. And that may be the only thing that, that I could think could, could really trick its way into recruiting. And, 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 you know, as good a kid as like Nolan Smith is. And you saw his interview today, and it was very heart uh, heartfelt and, and from his heart. And, and he seemed like a very good kid. And, and, and I don't think anybody can tell me that he hasn't gone, you know, 85, 90 miles an hour for in a car. And, uh, and I know it doesn't make, you know, what Jalen did right, but these kids make mistakes and, um, you know, Jalen's a good kid and, and hopefully he learns from it. Um, but he, he made a mistake and now he's, uh, you know, he's got to face the consequences. Absolutely. Well, we, we did want to uh, touch on that because we specifically got a, got a question on it, but Trent, what we're here to talk about tonight is these visits that are coming up, and we got questions that are, we're going to be touching on later. But with these visits here, um, you know, we're talking about specifically at the quarterback position, just a parade of some of the top guys in the entire country. But also, um, wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, you and Jed attended the Under Armour camp and saw a lot of big time prospects, in state guys, and guys tr- also traveling in from Alabama, you know, Tennessee, North Carolina, to come to that Atlanta area, even though Jed was upset that it was over in Carrollton. Oh, speaking of, speaking of Jed, hold on. He's, he's about to join us here. Let me just change our background so old Jed can join us. There we go. We we're just talking about how upset you were with uh, Carrollton again, how much you hated, hated that drive. Uh, believe me, I made my complaints known while we were over there. So, um, you know, was, <laughs> you filled up the suggestion box. Yeah. <laughs> I complained about it all the way there, and I was in the car by myself, so I was just practicing till uh, till we got there. But yeah, like you said, it was uh, just the quarterback talent. Uh, Trent saw the a lot of the offensive line, defensive line, one on ones. Um, you know, those particular two particular groups um, were were just loaded with talent. Yeah, absolutely. So what any any you know specifics on that, guys? That stood out to you, you and Trent both. Fire away here. Let let us know what you saw during that uh, during that camp. Yeah, I mean Trent. Trent could could speak to it better than I would, but I mean David Sanders is like, you know, I think his rivals account lists him at two fifty five. We talked to him, and he, I think he said he was two sixty, about six seven. It's like okay, how how well does that really project as an offensive tackle? Dude is a freak show. Like he he was 
pancaking guys and he was staying in front of guys. I mean, he's he's everything you want um, in an offensive tackle. And, and if he maintains any strength at all, I mean, I was talking to Roddy about it, and Roddy said, yeah, that's what Broderick Jones looked like um, at this stage. So, I mean, if, if he keeps up his strength and keeps adding on pounds, I mean, he's he's probably just coming out of basketball season, so that's, that's probably a factor as well. But he's just an absolute um, – just a monster at left tackle. And same with Jaquan McCroy. I mean, Trent, you had those videos of him just, you know, laying on a kid and, and splitting a couple of ribs in half. I mean, he's, he's six, eight, I think three sixty five, and um, was it three ninety at one point. And he's just a huge guy. And a guy, um, you know, David Sanders, that 2025 kid, but Jaquan McCroy is a guy George is going after right now and wants him in on official visits. So um, when you look at how this offensive line class is shaking out, Jaquan McCroy could, um, could end up being a big part of it, and, and he certainly looked the part on uh, on Sunday. Yeah, and I could I could see him as a uh, you know I, I definitely don't see him as the left tackle type. Uh, I could definitely see him as a guard at the next level, um, even like a right tackle. Um, he didn't have the best uh, feet, but if he got he got his hands on you, he was uh, you wouldn't go nowhere. Uh, he was strong and uh, had a good base. Um, yeah, talking about Sanders, he's uh, I mean, he was standing in the middle of the, the whole offense line, defense line group, and this kid looks like I mean, he was like a wide receiver or a tight end standing in there, and um, it, it's kind of unreal what he does at, at how strong he is, how strong his base is, even with the athleticism he has. I watched him run the forty, and I, we didn't get the times, but I watched him run the forty, and he was like a tight end running. I mean, it, it, it literally looked like. Um, uh, I, I, Faster than Darnell Washington, it looked like. So uh, he was very impressive. Uh, Justin Green on the defensive line was very impressive. He took reps at uh, uh, defensive end. He even slid into defensive tackle. Um, very impressed on him. He won all four reps. Um, even when you slid him in, um, his uh, his dad was on hand and let everybody know about it too. And it was pretty neat. <laughs> um, uh, trying to think. Um, who else stood you, out? That, that, you I mentioned Daniel Calhoun already, right? In terms of in terms of the offensive tackle, like he, yeah. I mean, he's a guy that George has been on forever, and it just seems like, you know, it seems like we've been covering the recruiting of this, you know, his recruitment forever. But Jed, any sense of maybe you know where that that process is at and how long that may last? Yeah, he's he seemed taller than I remembered it. Maybe that's just me and I haven't seen him in person in a while, but um, you know, he, he told us he's got the official visits lined up for June. It's Georgia, Alabama are the first two. And then I think Tennessee, Texas, maybe vice versa. Um, I think it's a Georgia, Alabama battle. I think it's kind of been shaping up like that the whole time. And, and like you said, Blaine, George has been on him for so long. This is a recruitment that spans obviously multiple offensive line coaches, but Stacey Searles coming in, but he, he's target number one on the offensive line. I think Kirby Smart's involved. Um, Stacey Serials obviously is involved. I think it's it's a little interesting to see how things shake out because a lot of these guys were close with Eddie Gordon, right? And um, But I, I think Georgia's right there. It's going to be a Georgia-Alabama battle. I believe he said he wanted to be committed by, by the start of his senior season sometime in the summer. Um, so these official visits are going to be huge. So um, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. No doubt, no doubt. Now, and the thing about him is, I think he could play multiple positions. You know, I think he he could do do different things. But the the the, the deal with him, he moved schools recently. He was uh, he he's been at Centennial. Uh, now he's at Walton, I believe, right? Yep. Over, over there. Walton. So Walton I don't know. If, a pretty big classification, I think. Right, Trent? You might know more than I would, but 
Uh, yeah, it's seven probably, seventy. Yeah, it's it's high. competition for sure. Absolutely. So, so we'll see, uh, you know, we'll see how that all pans out. A lot of times people like to read the tea leaves. Okay. If a guy transfers high schools, how's that pan out for Georgia? Well, really listen, unless it, unless they're going to IMG, I don't think it matters one way or another because IMG Georgia seems to have a pretty, uh, pretty firm grip on. He's, the going, he's going in the home of Dominic. Well, so he's a lock. There you go. There you go. You heard it out of the, out of the world <laughs> of Trent Smallwood, what that means right there. Absolutely. Guys, I appreciate you, everybody, tuning in. While you're in here, hit that like. Hit the subscribe button if you don't already. This is the, the fastest growing and the biggest Georgia YouTube channel there is out there, and that's because of you guys. We greatly appreciate all the support. Like we said, as always, presented by Auto Owners Insurance in cooperation with Turner Wood & Smith Insurance. If you want the customer service, and with a small town feel, got people that are going to answer the phone, Turner Wooden Smith, but they cover regionally, not just Georgia. I mean, it's all throughout the Southeast, all across the country. They can help you out. Turner Wooden Smith, TWSinsurance.com, and then auto-ownersinsurance.com, life, home, car, business. They've got you taken care of, so I appreciate those guys uh, helping us out. You mentioned Justin Green earlier, Trent. Um, you know, when it comes to him – a guy out of out of Alabama, uh, and he no, excuse me, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of Beeman. I'm thinking of Beeman that I wrote the, that I wrote up Jed's article on Beeman's out of Alabama. Uh, but both defensive ends, Green out of Lawrenceville, that that is, you know, he was just getting after guys, like you said, those videos that you posted on on the Facebook page. And if you don't what follow the UGA Sports Facebook page. There's reels, all that kind of stuff going out there. That Brent's doing great work, Trent, everybody. But you talk about power, you talk about quickness. He had both of those that he was beating guys with. And it seems like Georgia has got a good bit of momentum in this recruitment right now. Yeah, he, he talked about that he wanted to stay close to home. Um, he mentioned Auburn, uh, Georgia. Um, that you know, he, he he really that that that's a big factor. He was even asked about USC, and um, uh, funny he said, uh, you know, <laughs> and that's a long ways away. Um, he said, and, and, and he said, and he said, I want to go somewhere that play defense. They don't really play defense; they're just kind of offense school. So, um, that, that I don't think USC has a chance of this uh, recruitment. But uh, he wants to go somewhere that is a winning program. Uh, he wants to go somewhere where the defense is successful and he wants to be close to home. And that checks a lot of boxes for, for the University of Georgia there. Absolutely. Uh, I mentioned uh, Beeman from the Birmingham area that, Jed, you talked to. I wrote, wrote up the, the article uh, on him. He's another guy that when you talk about Trey Scott, uh, who's, who's you know really built up a relationship with Beeman, uh, who's a four-star guy. Um, right now he's in that – you know, 255 range, he, he could go either way, maybe scale up to a, to a kind of hybrid three technique type guy if he gains gains enough weight or if he could go down. But they're talking about him being more versatile across that defensive line. What was your sense of things when you talked to Jeremiah Beeman? Yeah, I mean, I think Georgia's right in it. He was there for the uh, championship celebration in um, in, in, last, in January, which as, as we saw from last year, those were kind of the – the guys up at the top of the board that are brought in uh, for a day like that. And, and, you know, we talked, we have talked about how the five tech, three tech edge board is a little murky. And all of a sudden you, you kind of, it seems like all these guys will come out of nowhere, whether it's Beeman, whether it's Jordan Ross, whether it's 
I, you know, I got like Christopher Jackson, who who Georgia offered not long ago. Um, Jamonte Waller out of Mississippi, who had a good showing at the camp. Um, there's a lot of these guys that Georgia's right in on, and it's I think these spring visits are going to help sort out okay who's at the top of Georgia's board, who has Georgia near the top of their board. Like Trent, you mentioned Justin Green's a guy that I think Georgia's got a lot of momentum with, um, and. And, and we'll see, but there's certainly – it went from a bit of a murky situation out there, and obviously guys like Edric Houston are, are still yeah. involved as well, to all of a sudden there's a whole lot of guys on that board. It's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be interesting to see how it all shakes out and who kind of rises to the top as the, the real priority targets in this thing. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And listen, the defensive, the defensive line and even the offensive line, we saw offers going out uh, today – uh, for for offensive linemen in the class of of 2024, um, so you know by no means is this is this class done in the in the trenches by a long way. There's only 10 you know commits in the class, so they've got a long way long way to go, and it's really going to get cranked up with these as the as you mentioned, Jed, for these March visits where they get to see. That's one thing a lot of the guys expressed excitement about they're excited to see whether it's the saturday scrimmages or whether it's just a practice day they're excited to see trey scott stacy searles uh you know all the different coaches whoever their position coach is actually interact with the guys on the field where there's no pretending they're coaching they're they're out there and they're they're seeing how they would be treated if they were a georgia bulldog so i think that's going to be an impactful time and with having said that it couldn't be any more impactful than some of these high profile. And when I say high profile, I mean, of the absolute highest profile quarterback recruits that are coming in, you're talking about Julian Lewis in the class of 2026. That'll be in there on March 16th. You follow that up with Ryan Puglisi, Georgia commit, who should be in there around the 17th. Dylan Raiola, who's going to be there the 18th and also probably stay uh, and, and, be there for another day as well and then you talk about ryan montgomery uh a class of 2025 guy that's going to be there april 4th all of these guys i think are really going to be looking forward to seeing how mike bobo runs things as not only the offensive coordinator trent but also uh coaching quarterbacks there on the field yeah i think they uh, they're interested in seeing uh the offense to change the the language uh, that's used. Uh, will it be similar to the way it was under Munkin, or will is, is Bobo kind of going to transition to his uh, language in the offense? I think you're going to see a lot of the same. To be honest, I think yeah. um, you, you've seen how you've seen Todd Munkin built his system, and Kirby Smart don't want to change it now. I mean, this I is that, and that's point. already been communicated from the guys I've talked to. They've already said, "Listen, you know the the quarterback recruits. They're like." They're telling us the terminology is going to stay pretty much the same. I'm sure that Bobo will change a thing here or there, like tweak something, you know, maybe maybe simplify some things, something like that. But he, uh, in in large part, they're going to keep that terminology the same, and the system should be the same. By by all accounts, from what these recruits are being told, it's just a different guy holding that, you know, that Waffle House menu of plays that they that they seem to hold in front of their face uh, on TV, you know, but. Um, yeah, continue, man. I just wanted to interject. Yeah, that. I mean the, the terminology might be the same, but it might be a little bit more redneckish coming out because Bobo's yeah. from the you know. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I th- I don't think that's going to change. Uh, I'll be interested. Um, you know, I always I was always the Bobo. Uh, I was always behind Bobo. I always thought he had great offenses. Yeah, uh, there was. Uh, I know he's he's drawn a lot of criticism from the third and Bobos or the, the, the you know the the draws and stuff like that, but. 
uh, when you run those things and it works, and I know Munkin did several times and it worked on third and eight and you run a draw. And uh, I mean, sometimes it does, but um, you know, I, I think Bobo will be good. I think Bobo's never played with this kind of defense and uh, um, you know, th- we'll, no, this caliber of uh, just athletes overall, I think uh, Bobo will be successful. And um, I think you'll see uh, that trend carrying over. And, you know, he's been really good recruiting quarterbacks in the past, and I don't expect that to change either. So uh, it'll be interesting seeing all all that talent come through mid-March with the quarterbacks. For sure. uh, Andy Stoas has Kirby and Bobo hired another offensive analyst to help coach the quarterbacks, the position Bobo had last year. Um, I know that talking to uh, the, the, the recruits and the guys that, that they've been involved with before, they all mention whether it's Raola, Julian Lewis, uh, Ryan Montgomery, all of these guys and people close to them, uh, Puglisi, they all mention the name Gummy Van Gorder. Uh, they call him Coach Gummy. Uh, Montgomery Van Gorder, who's Brian Van Gorder's son, that was the defensive coordinator there when Mark Rick was was there. Uh, he's been around that program uh, not only as a child, but now as a as a coach uh, for for a while and been a part of all these these championships uh, that that they've won. And I think uh, from all indication that he's, these recruits are being told, and I'm sure Roddy will be able to put something out on the dog vent uh, sooner rather than later. I think he's going to kind of slide into that role and get a little bit more responsibility. There and uh, he's a guy that has a lot of ties in the state, uh, being a being a you know Buford alumni uh, and and you know having played around here in the North Hall community around Gainesville as well. So he's got a lot of connections to high school coaches in the state and stuff like that. So I think I think that'll be kind of a natural transition there, Jed, with with from what these guys are telling telling me the recruits are saying that they they talk to Van Gorder a lot. Yeah, it makes sense for everybody to to slide up a rung, right? I mean, Bobo goes up to offensive coordinator, and and Van Gorder's a guy that could slide into that analyst role. Um, not to mention, he'd be a, like the question said, a, a perfect guy to 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 be working with those quarterbacks. It'll be interesting to see if if they look at any outside names. I mean, obviously, everyone knows what Alabama's done bringing in, whether it's you know Lane Kiffin, Dave Sarkeesian. Yeah, I mean, there's there's all kind of guys. That Alabama's brought in, so it'll be curious to see now that Georgia's kind of established that success and obviously has won national championships. If they get a guy like that, or or even just is involved with some names like that, so it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, I definitely think if they want to stay in house, uh, Montgomery Van Gorder is, is is about as perfect of a candidate as as uh, you could have. Well, and, and another thing, I mean, he played quarterback at Notre Dame. You know, I mean, before you know, he was a he was a walk on, played at, at Notre Dame, and then he transferred to Youngstown State and actually played uh, his last year of eligibility there. So, uh, yeah, that that could be a possibility there. Um, and analysts play a big role in today's game. Um, I mean, you just looking back, uh, who was it, two thousand seventeen, when they made the run? That was uh, working with Jake Fromm all the time. Um, did he go with? What was his name? Um, name slips my mind. Uh, I believe he went with Mel Tucker to Michigan State. Uh, office okay. corner. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, Munkin gave Bobo a lot of credit for the offense last year. Um, just just with uh, game planning, things Buster that uh, – Walker did a lot of stuff during yeah. his time at Georgia. Just just overall game planning and, and, and you know, just uh, an extra set of eyes that have been there and, and you know, been able to – to call it, and you know, a lot of these, like we talked about last week, a lot of these analysts get big time jobs. Um, Buster Faulkner at Georgia Tech, and 
and um, it'll continue. Um, maybe Gummy will get one too. Absolutely. So we'll we'll see what what happens there. But that would be a name I would look out for for that. All right, Jed. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and kick off uh, questions here. And as always, when we when we post asking for questions, it's a, typically a battle. Didn't get one from Pine Tree today, but it's typically a battle between Pine Tree and Darth Janus on who's going to get the first question in. This week it was Darth Janus, so uh, we got our first one from him. I love a good Star Wars name because I'm watching the first episode of The Mandalorian after this. Uh, Any of our recruits have commitment timelines in the near future? Thanks and go dogs from Dallas, Texas. All right. uh, Of guys that you've talked to, uh, anybody come to mind? I know Aaron Butler is close uh, to to a decision, right, right, Jed? I think that's coming up in June when he's going to make the announcement. Yeah, he said July. Um, that that might have been um, moved up. I've, I've got to check with him. Um, I mean, Jake Merklinger, Merklinger is a guy who, when we talked to him the other day, it sounded like he wanted to have things wrapped up by the summer, and that's obviously a guy that um, you know George is looking at a quarterback and is bringing in another guy, like you said, Blaine is visiting in March. Um, as far as guys that have got set timelines, I mean, like we've, we've said before, I think whether it's guys that have set timelines or not, I think you might see that next wave of commitments kind of in May and June after guys take these spring visits and, and really kind of evaluate things Then you can shut things down going into the summer. So, um, I mean, off the top of my head, I don't really think of a lot of guys who have things set. Um, I know I know Malachi uh, Tolliver, offensive lineman from Cartersville. He told me that originally he was, you know, thinking about maybe, you know, waiting to see him, but he he'd kind of like to to get it done before uh, before before his senior year. And I think that's the sentiment with a lot of these guys now. And like it or not, you know, with NIL and all this kind of stuff, I'm not saying every every re- recruit is going to get a a absorbent amount of nil uh, or things like that but it's like anything else right that what drives the economy scarcity right because there's a limited amount of what you're trying to make out there and there's a certain nil pool for certain schools and things like that right so you either got to jump on <laughs> jump on an offer or somebody else might so i think that's gonna as we get deeper into the nil era trent i think you're gonna see guys Say okay, well, I'm I'm not waiting around. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna go ahead and get this going. So I think you could see a flurry of recruitments from several guys uh, across all the the schools during the summer. Yeah, and I think you've already you know you kind of seen that trend go that way because you know uh, mostly everybody's taking summer officials. You know, there's there's a few that that take the fall officials, but our spring officials uh, mostly everybody takes spring officials. Um, Mostly everybody's signing in December. Um, you, you're you're not seeing much going on in, in February. I mean, that Deuce Robinson was really the big name, and he didn't even sign anywhere. So um, there's just uh, I think that's trending in that direction. You're going to see uh, mostly everybody I've talked to said uh, I plan on announcing in July or the first of August. And uh, you know, Justin Green, uh, Jimothy Lewis. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of those guys that just want to they want it done for their senior year but they want to take their visits first and i think you're going to see them take three or four official visits maybe save one in case something happens down the road but uh uh, and and, you know go ahead and announce a commitment in july so you'll see a lot a lot of commitments in june july maybe going into the beginning of august jed you talked to uh, mike matthews recently i think mike matthews falls in that category yeah he said 
like, like a lot of guys, you know, thinking start of the season, if it needs to go into the season a little bit, then so be it. Um, Daniel Calhoun was a guy that said that. Um, and then, you know, some of these other guys, you know, like, like I mentioned Christopher Jackson earlier, some of these guys who are emerging as targets whose recruitments have just blown up, they've got a lot of visits to take to kind of make up for some lost time. So I wouldn't expect um, to see them decide on, on until later in the summer. So, um, I mean, there are some guys like when we spoke with Cam Davis at the Under Armour camp the other day, he said he wants to take fall officials and, and see obviously he's committed to Florida State, but Georgia's trying to flip him. Um, and, and you you wouldn't expect quarterbacks, whether it's Dylan Ryola or Jake Merklinger, Merklinger um, to go all the that's way to the end just because that's the nature no. of being a quarterback. But I was about uh, to say, I think uh, I think when it comes to when it comes to Ryola, uh, you know, I think you'll. He hasn't he hasn't firmly set his uh, official visit yet. I know that a lot of guys, like we talked to Peyton Woodyard on the uh, episode a couple episodes ago, and he mentioned he's coming June second through fourth. Those two talk every day; they're really good friends. I wouldn't be surprised if they showed up on the same same visit. Uh, but it's kind of a debate there of okay, does Georgia try to get him in for the first big weekend like they did last year with a lot of guys, or do they try to be the last, the very last visit for Dylan Raola? So we'll see what happens there. But once the summer is done, those officials that that he's going to take in the summer, I don't expect it to to drag on much much longer than that. I mean, I don't I don't think this will be a, a necessarily you know into like October type deal and, and see what happens during the season. I think he'll want to uh, wherever he's going. And I do think Georgia has really, really good stand in there right now that I think he'll want to get in there, Trent, and start building a class around him where he's wanting to go. You mean he's still visiting in March? He is a hundred percent visiting in March. We never wavered. We never, we never wavered on that uh, for here on UGASports.com. Uh, Some people may have, uh, but we didn't because, you know, when you're talking to, talking to the, the people involved, you just go with, with what they tell you. So uh, that, that's, how, that's how it goes. But, uh, no, we, I, I'm intrigued to see how all this quarterback stuff goes out because Georgia didn't sign one in 2023, okay, didn't – go in the transfer report. They're happy with the three that they have. I believe that one of the guys will be gone after the spring. So you're realistically probably going into the season with two scholarship quarterbacks. And then I guess uh, Jackson Muschamp or somebody is the, as the, as the three um, in that scenario, unless they dip into the portal after the spring, if, if uh, one of them lets them know early enough to, to have another, another scholarship arm in there. And then they're going to get two in 2024, and who knows what happens in 2025. If you get those those two, maybe it's a deal where they sit pat in 25 and you know move on all in 26 on Julian Lewis. I do know this. Julian Lewis has been to Georgia more times than he's been anywhere else, and he's about to, about to come again and get a whole kind of day to himself pretty much, uh, him, and, him and Mike Bobo and – uh, Montgomery Van Gorder and and all these guys uh, that are that are involved in that that recruitment there, and Georgia, Trent for I can't remember, even with guys like Lawrence and Watson that came through the state of Georgia that people criticize how Georgia handled it. I cannot remember Georgia being as all in and as heavily pursuing 
a quarterback as early and as and as vigorously as they are Julian Lewis in 2026. Yeah, and and, and to be honest, you know, you know, Bobo didn't go, uh, didn't uh, I guess go after Cam Newton. Uh, he was late yeah. on Deshaun Watson. Um, uh, you know, he came in uh, that late in his junior year and offered Deshaun, or not really offered, but started the pursuit of Deshaun, and it was too late by that point. But Juju's been recruited since what eighth grade, maybe probably before that. Um, he, he, this has been this is relationships been building for a while, and it's I mean it's it's Georgia's. It, you asked Juju Lewis who he's fond of on the staff. He could probably name every one of them because everyone has probably been in contact with him. And um, you know, I, I don't think the the monk into Bobo transition is going to affect this either. There's a long ways to go with him, and and you know, was, was talking about staff stability. I think. Uh, you know, Schumann's a guy that could go, but I think you're looking at uh, Bobo. Um, you know, he might be done uh, moving forward at this point. This might be a job that he sits in for as many years that that he's successful at Georgia. So, well, especially um, with his son there, you know, I yeah. mean, his, his so, son, son's there, and it's you know, he's, so just he's having that, uh, you know, the way Bobo can recruit, and you know, maybe the stability of the fact. They've been in it for a long time for Juju, and I don't see Georgia going away in this recruitment. I'm not saying Georgia's going to win out their recruitment, but Georgia's been in it for a long, long time, and they've invested a lot of time in him. And, uh, you know, he's he's visited, and he's uh, invested that time back. Absolutely. It'll be, it's going to be intriguing to, to handle. All right, here we go. we got to uh, get to some of these, these questions here. All right, uh, Jed, I'm going to read this one off because uh, it's referring to your article. Uh, PA Dog 16 says, I read Jed's article, Matthew, uh, Matthews will visit in the spring, as we just pointed out. Do we have a legitimate, do we, Georgia, have a legitimate shot with him? Uh, does it go deeper than football? Is there NIL big time involved in this? Uh, what other schools are primary contenders? So, Jed, what's your, uh, what's your thoughts from the greediest of guys here? He's not happy with Yazid Haynes coming from his own state. He wants <laughs> – uh, PA dog, he, he's getting greedy. He wants to get Mike Matthews in there as well. So what's, what's your thoughts on all that? Yeah. I mean, first Mike Matthews is, 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 is really dang good. I mean, we, we saw him the other day and, and he had, you know, we posted on Facebook, like you said, he made a ridiculous one-handed catch. And this was after playing a basketball game the night before and he, he could have easily, you know, mailed it in and, and just showed up and done interviews or not showed up at all. But he, uh, he went out there and competed on, I think Georgia's got a legitimate shot. I mean, I wouldn't say Georgia's the favorite. I don't know that I would necessarily call anyone the favorite right now. I mean, there's Georgia, there's Clemson, there's Tennessee, there's USC. Um, Notre Dame was one of the first real schools to get in. Uh, so, you know, that that connection will be a factor as, as long as Marcus Freeman and that staff is, is hanging around. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't think NIL will be like the deciding factor. I mean, to get him maybe will they lose him maybe but you know i don't think if mike matthews goes like okay clemson is is kind of in that same boat as georgia they're not throwing nil bags all over the place right and on the and i posted this on the vault the other day we all know what tennessee has has supposedly done with with nico yamalieva and um you know the rumors around usc as well so i don't know i mean i don't think you nil is going to be a the deciding factor i mean it's it's I mean, Mike Matthews said what all the other kids say, right? That they, the money, you don't worry about the money, money will come, whatever. Um, everyone says that. Some mean it more than others. Um, but, I mean, I think Georgia's got a real shot. And, and NIL, I'm sure, will be discussed at some point down the road. But 
in my opinion, I don't think NIL will be the reason George loses Mike Matthews if it does indeed. Listen, you just have to get operate under under the assumption now that everybody is going to be looking at NIL at some at in some right. form or capacity. Because right. listen, what you know, you have to know your worth and what dictates your worth, the market, right? And the market is is booming right now for these guys. So I think it would be foolish of any of us uh, you know here we are adults we we work for a living right you know uh, it, and if people are willing to uh, dangle money in in front of us it's not like we're not going to think about it um so you know that's that's how how that goes there when it comes to the nil world uh, but i agree there's got to be other stuff to it and uh you know primary contenders would you say clemson and tennessee are kind of the the main 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 battle there uh, yeah, USC. I mean, again, Notre Dame was. You know, Mike is a guy who is he's a five star now, but at this time last year he was still his recruitment was really just beginning to take off, and, and Notre Dame was one of those schools that uh, showed belief in him early. So I think that connection is going to mean something to him. Um, you know, you know uh, one other thing, Dad. Why you had that on the topic? But uh, I thought it was funny the other day when you were speaking with uh, Sanders' dad, and he said. Uh, he had a he had a group of media around uh, him and 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 his dad said, "Well, he didn't have nobody around him this time last year." And we're talking about the number one player in the country. So, yeah. I mean, Mike is. I mean, I remember it was at um, I think it was the either the Atlanta Rivals camp or the the five star challenge or whatever. And he was, you know, George. I don't even know what Georgia had offered him yet at the time. And and I was like, that's why I, and this, I keep coming back to this Notre Dame because he kept gushing about Notre Dame then. And like you said. Where not even a year later, and he's a five star. He's the number <laughs> player in the country. I mean, it's amazing how these things change. So, um, I mean, like you said, some of these twenty five guys will kind of be in the same position next year of guys that have just blown up. So, um, you know, he, he's like we were just talking about Juju Lewis. Mike Matthews is not that guy like Juju Lewis who's just been recruited since he was in seventh or eighth grade. So, um, but but to answer the question, I think Georgia's got a shot. I think there are a lot of other good receiver targets on the board along with him. And um, and we'll just see how it goes. It does seem like Georgia. He, he played kind of coy about it. He said, "Yeah, maybe." Uh, when I asked him if Georgia would get an official, I took that to mean Georgia's in a good shot. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see. We'll we'll see how things go this spring. And so, we we'll back this spring before taking an official this summer as well. Absolutely. I've uh, got one here from KSDJ eighteen sixty nine, Jed. Yeah, this is the Blaine Gilmer special. Does it feel like Nebraska is gaining as much steam in Dylan Oyola's recruitment as the as the media with a capital M is saying, and could they really be a legit consideration? I don't know why the top quarterback would want to go there. Yeah. Uh, KSDJ 1869 put in a lot more than that. I had to condense it down to make it fit onto the screen here, but it was like, he was like basically saying that, you know, this isn't the mid nineties. What, what, is, what, what's the interest in, in Nebraska and things like that? Well, his dad did, his dad did play there. His uncle is on staff, uh, you know, so there, there's ties there and things like that, but, Listen, yes, there's there's a certain affinity that you have for a school where your dad's in the, you know, the ring of honor and all that kind of stuff. And, and has, there's so much family history there. You got baby pictures of of uh, Dylan Raola in, in Nebraska gear and things like that. But at the same time, you got to realize those guys won, what, three games last year uh, and there, there would have to be an immense amount of belief in what, uh, in what rule is going to do with that program. 
uh, and turning things around. And yes, I know the college track record, but I think a lot, one thing that really, really matters to the Riolas is how people's program prepares for the pros because Dom Riola was, of course, the center for the Detroit Lions for, you know, almost 10, 10 years. And, and he was in there. He was Matt Stafford's center. Uh, so I think how you have done things in the pros and listen, Matt Rule didn't have a great run with the Panthers. Actually got kind of laughed out of the league. So I think that could be a detriment to them. Georgia is obviously preparing guys really well for the pro level and, and what Munkin was able to establish there. And then they've got a good relationship with Bobo. So long, long story short, I think that people kind of ran with some uh, propaganda that got thrown out there from maybe inside the Nebraska building <laughs> to some to some writers out there in the media and kind of ran with it a little bit. Um, but I don't see it being a, a, some kind of late groundswell of momentum. I, I still think Georgia's in a really good spot here. I would I would argue that Southern Cal actually has a little bit more momentum than Nebraska at the moment, Trent. Yeah, I would I would say the same thing from everything that I've heard. Just from uh, sources have indicated that USC might be a bigger threat than Nebraska at this time to Georgia um, because I mean, yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty at Nebraska. You, you you're not getting that uncertainty at USC on the offense side of the ball. You're not getting that uncertainty at Georgia. Period uh, these days. So, um, you know, Dylan Rowe is the number one player in the country. He, he wants to go to a place where. Um, you know, he's going to win. And yeah, of course he probably believes he can win anywhere. He's the you know, best part, best quarterback in the country. But um, at the same time, you got to look at where a program is. Uh, uh, this could be, uh, you know, he, he's, he has the chance to be a top pick anywhere he goes, but that could set him back some, uh, you know, going to a program that's not as successful or not as capable. So I think, I think he's looking at the whole picture. And I would say that uh, Georgia and USC uh, are right at the top, and and Nebraska's in it, of course, because of family ties. But at the end of the day, I think they're gonna, uh, you know, just from everything that uh, we've heard about them and everything with the, you you talking to them, Blaine, uh, I think they're going to, uh, you know, be, be smart about this choice. Uh, look at the whole picture uh, outside of the family relationships and and everything, uh, just as a, a total football decision. For sure. Uh, staying on the quarterback theme, uh, <laughs> F.J. McCrary Jr., he says, rank these quarterbacks. He, listen, he's, what he's trying to do, he's trying to put one of these questions on that makes you sweat a little bit in the recruiting because we don't like – we know that Jed does all the rankings for the whole country, so he's he's accustomed to this, but he's wanting us to rank them here. Jed, Jed if you don't know, is solely responsible for all of Rivals' rankings uh, nationwide. So, so uh, this would be easy for Jed. This, this would be Knock it easy out. for Jed. But – Go ahead, Jen. Uh, let's see. So I'm assuming this is like right now. I'll go. Yeah, it's hard to do because some of these guys are in different classes. Right. Like I'll, Juju, um, Juju, you know, are we talking about Juju when he's the same age as Dylan Rowell or Juju now, you know? I'll do this as, as how I think the Georgia staff is is prioritizing these guys over the next couple of years. I'll go Riola one probably – Juju two, Montgomery three. Um, I mean Antoine Hill four, but I mean he told us at the um at the rivals or at the Under Armour camp that he hadn't been talking to Georgia a whole lot. Um and then Aaron Nolan, I mean, Georgia has never really uh, kind of been on the radar yeah. with him. So 
Um, I mean, I think Antoine Hill is a good player. Um, I, I think maybe Ryan Montgomery has has maybe separated himself a little bit on on the board, um, just from from what we've heard and, and Antoine the conversation with Antoine the other day. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, Blaine, it, it's hard not to rank a guy like Juju Lewis high when he's he's up about to start his or just finished his freshman season in, in high school and he's already been recruited by the two time national champions for a couple of years. It's, it's, I think I think you know, Juju and Raul would be one A, one B personally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they're two totally different guys, right? Because uh Raul brings a physicality to his game in terms of just being big and strong and being able to shed off tackles and still still move around a little bit, big arm, things like that. Ju- Julian it, the thing that, that is so good about Julian Lewis is that he sees windows and he sees anticipates routes coming open before they are, and that's rare in the high school level at all, much less when you're a freshman in high school. And the, I think the biggest thing he can do, that the most impressive thing as quarterback is be able to layer throws, like kind of those intermediate throws behind linebackers in front of safeties, things like that. Just tremendous touch, able to still have enough zip on it to, to get it in there uh, when he needs to. So, you know, with Joey King over there at Carrollton, he's, he's got such a bright future. It'd be hard to separate those two. And then I would go Montgomery and then some kind of order after that of, of Nolan and Hill, just like you, Jed. I, I think that's kind of kind of how we go. Trent, you agree with all, how all those would stack up? Yeah, and I would uh, I would even uh, leave it. We're leaving out a quarterback here, uh, a quarterback commit. A Gleason. I would put Pugs right there with with Montgomery, probably right behind the the first two. Um, I, I mean, I think Pugs is very good. Um, Listen, Aglisi is. Here's here's what people don't realize. Okay, if if I was Jed and I was ranking these guys all in the country, wherever Dylan Raul is, I would put Puglisi like just a couple spots behind him. Like that's how good I think uh, Ryan Puglisi is. Ryan Puglisi has a lot of. And people are gonna, you know, freak out when I say this. He has a lot of Josh Allen type qualities about him. Okay, a guy who can can run, has good size, and has a just howitzer attached to the right side of his body. Uh, his film going from his sophomore year to his junior year. This is a guy who comes in, you know, Trent. He's playing shortstop, and all of a sudden they'll they'll bring him in almost like in little league, you know, where you bring the shortstop in to close out the game. And he's pumping it in there, low to mid nineties. I mean, he can just just sling the pill on the mound. So I'm telling you, uh, he's you know he's got a really strong arm, and I would that's a great point, Trent. I'd put him up there as well. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. I mean, if you come if you can come away with a quarterback class of of Raul and Pug Puglisi in the same class would just be insane. And and what Jed's doing, not having them as the top two players in the country, is just asinine. Send your hate tweets to I believe it's at, at Jed May underscore. Uh, so there, there you so, go. Absolutely. Jar fifty two. Plenty of hate tweets now already. <laughs> Let's blast through these last few. Uh, what position group will be considered the strongest uh, coming in, in this recruiting class? So when it's all said and done, class of twenty twenty four. Let's take quarterback out because, like you said, if if they land Raul and Puglisi, that's almost not even fair. So excluding quarterback, what position group would you say would be the strongest? I mean, I think there's a good chance receiver could be right. I mean, it, because you, you're already off to a good start with Sakobi White and and Nikar, and then just with the sheer amount of, of top guys you've got left, whether it's you get Aaron Jeremy, Butler, 
Aaron Butler, Jeremiah Smith, Zion um, Reagans. <laughs> they're, they're they're trying to stay in it with JoJo Trader. Um, I mean, Jalewis Solomon is a guy no one even talks about, and he's a really good player, and he and he's not even that high on the board just because there's a ton of uh, higher higher priority targets. Amari Jefferson is a guy uh, that the staff is really high on. Has got a good connection with Will Muschamp. There's a lot of guys at that receiver position. So just, I mean, even if you land a couple of those guys to go with the with the two you've already got, that's a that'd be a really strong, really really strong um, group of receivers that they could bring in. Trent, what do you think? I think wide receiver and also I think defense back. I mean, yeah. just looking at the the, the defense back going. they got right now, and then the, with the possibility to land a guy like KJ Bolden and add to it, I mean, it, it, it's insane. What how how he's recruited or how Georgia as a whole is recruited at defensive back in the past three years, and to possibly get this class uh, this year is just insane. Listen, the the amount of talent that Kirby Smart has, uh, you know accumulated in the secondary during his time i think it's like a violation of the geneva convention okay because like it is absolutely gross the amount of talent that he has brought in ellis robinson in this class peyton woodyard the number one safety you got jalen hayward who is in the class uh they're they're right in the thick of things with kj bolden and if i had to you know i had to put it put it down on a day i'd say you know kj bolden i I really like his you know, chances to, to end up at, at Georgia at this point. I mean, I really, I really do think that they're, they're heavily involved there. I know Bolden and Raola are talking a lot. Uh, uh, heck, Peyton Woodyard is talking to, uh, to both of those guys about, hey, maybe they get, you know, place and all live together, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it, it's, uh, there's a lot going on, but defensive back is ridiculous. The days of having Aaron Davis and those type of guys out there are over. <laughs> no, no doubt. But speaking of Buford, R. Hall 55 says, what did Georgia not like about Montrez uh, Walker at Buford? He just committed to Michigan. Georgia needs that Buford pipeline. I agree that Georgia, it would be nice for him to have, but, I mean, they just they have one back-to-back national championships. I don't know that you can argue that they need the Buford pipeline. I think they would like to have it. Um, anybody have any specifics on, you know, I, I just I just know that, Georgia was in no way uh, from the people I've talked to. They just weren't pursuing him. It's not that they didn't like him. They they just they weren't as quick to jump on and, and kind of latch on to him as some of these other programs and, and weren't uh, as enamored. Yeah, if y'all want a fun uh, behind-the-scenes story at the Rivals camp last year, I saw Mantrez Walker on the list, and I was like, oh, man, Georgia's pursuing that guy. And I told Trent, I was like, hey, Trent, try to go uh, try to grab an interview with uh, Mantrez Walker over there real quick. And Trent came back. He's like, "Yeah, man." He said Schumann hadn't talked to him in a long time. And I was thinking of Zayden Walker from uh, yeah. from Schley County, who obviously Georgia is pursuing very hard. Um, so yeah, I just I clearly know nothing, which makes no which makes it make no sense why I'm doing these rankings. But um, like you said, Georgia's never really in it. I know Mantras. He visited. It was somebody with a Walker, whether Mantras, you know, Herschel, Herschel yeah. like uh, uh, <laughs> visited. I, I can't remember. Mantrez visited. I can't remember if it was in like November or if it was in January. But um, you know, obviously he's he's teammates with Jaden Pilati, who's committed. So it could have been one of those kind of things. But um, but yeah, like you said, playing Georgia was just never, uh, never really, never really pursued him for for one reason or another. All right, and then we're gonna wrap up with a, a follow up by our Hall Fifty Five. How many silent commits does Georgia have right now? All of them. Eighteen. I will tell you 
the number, the real <laughs> number that I have, I've been told by multiple sources and that I feel really good about is three to four guys that are, have already told the staff, hey, this is where I want to be. And that there's either a specific date that they have in mind or that there's, you know, just a couple minor things that they're, they're, they're looking into. But I think that you would say, you could safely say there's three to four guys that are silently committed. Is, uh, that, is that 24 kids, Blaine? 24 kids. Yep. 24 silent commits. You heard it here. First. <laughs> 2024. 2024. 2024. Uh, I think there, there's three three to four um, guys that I would feel confident in saying. And I think that – I think one of them probably pops before the month of June and then the rest of them are probably come June, uh, June July – uh, first, first of August, right in there, just based on you know dates that are important to them and and things like that. That that maybe they they just want to they'd say, hey, Georgia, you're you're uh, my option. You're where I want to go, but I do want to go and and check out this one place. And Georgia's not going to be like Clemson and say, well, if you want to commit here, you can't visit anywhere else and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, Georgia's confident enough, I think, in who they are as a program and what they offer to say, hey, take all the visits you want, and we'll see. So, are you talking about Arch Manning? <laughs> yeah, Archman and silently committed, even though he's on Texas roster. That's for sure. That's it. Absolutely. All right. So uh, appreciate all you guys tuning in. Hit that like button. It, it really helps us out. Just go ahead and hit it. You see, we're presented by Turner Wooden Smith Insurance, Auto Owners Insurance. Their links are in the co- in the description and scrolling across the bottom there. Um, we appreciate you guys tuning in every week. We'll be back to Monday uh, next week. So a quick turnaround for us. Um, but without without anything else, guys, just make sure you're following along on the uh, on UGASports.com. And for Jed May and Trent Smallwood, I am Blaine Gilmer, and we'll catch you next time on UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. <laughs>